You're listening to Irish Radio Canada's Home and Abroad and it's been a number of years since we had a chat with Danny O'Flaherty and Danny, originally from the Great Tukhtary of County Galway, God's own country, native Irish speaker, emigrated in the 70s to the US and in a variety or in a circuitous route which took in Washington, New Orleans and now Texas, uh, Danny has settled for a long time. But um, Danny is a very sensible man because Danny found himself a good Newfoundland girl and married um, a Canadian. And they, while they're down in Texas now, Danny is also a, writes and performs beautiful music and he has just released a new CD called It's a Long Way from St. John's. Danny, thanks a million for agreeing to have a chat and welcome back. Oh, thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to be with you again. It's a long way from uh, from St. John's. Um, tell me, where does this come from? Um, where, where, what is, what's the theme? What's it about? What was the inspiration? And uh, what went into producing this? Well, it started uh, over three years ago. Uh, my wife's uh, uh, great uncle, uh, Leo Neal, he was part of the of the Newfoundland Labrador contingent of the Blue Petites that, that went over to, uh, well, initially, as we all know, they went to Gallipoli first, and then a year later they ended up in France. Well, he, of he survived the uh, the the First World War, but he came back with um, with all kinds of issues, medical issues, and um, I think his right arm. Uh, um, his right leg was was uh, blown blown to bits, and so he had a rough life after after the First World War. So when you told me about that, uh, I I I started you know find out more about it and, and and start doing the research on it. And there's a good friend of mine in Wisconsin. We've been writing songs together for 35 years. So I told her her name is Katie Don Quirk, and I told Katie. Uh, about this, what I'm telling you right now, and uh, we started writing the, the song, and um, always one of the it it was a lot of research involved in it uh, to find out about uh, his life, um, 14 years old, lying about his age, to so he could get to join to because his mother and father had passed away and there was three sisters at home with no... Uh, Newfoundland was going through a horrible uh, economic situation at the time before the First World War. So he joined to be able to um, get enough money to send home to his to his sisters so they could survive the winter of 1914, 15 and, and, and onwards. And... Um, so we, we then came across in, in, the, in the story itself, the story in the, in the, in the one song, it, it starts from joining to going on the, on the floor of Zell, going to Gallipoli, coming to Beaumont Hamel in France, and, and, and so on and so forth, and coming back, and um, coming back, surviving it, and coming back to Newfoundland, and remembering all his comrades, his, his buddies that are left behind. So it's a very, very, it's a, it's a sort of a, uh, somebody compared it, uh, <laughs> should never compare songs like this, uh, with Eric, Eric Bogles and, and the band played Walsy Matilda, 
something in that vein, you know, about somebody leaving and coming back, uh, coming back home. And then we, as we started researching um, at the rooms and all the different archives, and uh, I said to myself, there's there's so many stories here, like there is in any war, and you probably could write a thousand thousand stories about everything. So we, we 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 thought about the things that was happening with all of this was um, the bomb on Hamel Day, the day, the July the first, you know, that morning, um, over 700 Lupatis, the regiment, Newfoundland regiment, went over the top and they were decimated. And, you know, I think the next morning there was only the roll call was I think it was 68 the next morning and that has it's that has a, a, a huge <clears throat> effect ever since because <clears throat> these young kids and a lot of them a lot of those were, were 16 17 years old they were teenagers but they there was a, the Sussex regiment went over an hour and a half before them in the morning that the 1st of July so they knew uh, the, the generals knew that <laughs> This would happen again, but they they let they 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 actually um, let them do it. Put them put them over the, the trench, and um, so they, these guys, these young guys, they knew Austin. They knew they were going to to die, and they like a cold winter's weather in Ottawa or in Newfoundland when you go out into this bad weather, snow and ice and all that. You put your chin to the to your chest and you 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 grin and bear the weather you 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 just buckled up on you you put your chin into your chest that's what these guys did in, like in a bad Newfoundland winter weather they put their chin to their chest and over the top with their rifles and they were blown to bits and it 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 affected me so much and and it uh, that we kept writing about um all of it uh, about the the people who Oftentimes, you never hear about the the families, the mothers, the fathers, the wives, and so we came across the, the the women folk who were knitting socks and mittens, sending I think something like fifty sixty thousand socks and mittens were sent over uh, to France and Belgium, and um, all those women around the coastal areas and from St. John to all the, all the fishing villages were, were uh, knitting socks and mittens and sending them over and they would put a note in each sock. Every, every, every person that was knitting a sock, he, she would put a little prayer and a note and, and maybe her name and address in it. And, uh, so the guys, when they get the socks, they get, they get the little prayer and, and little notes from whoever wrote the, whoever knitted the sock or the mitten. And that, 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 that in itself became a story that was unbelievable. There was an Irish soldier from, McCoy, I think it was Sergeant McCoy. He was in the British Army. He got one of those letters, uh, one of those socks. And, and it was an 84 year old woman from St. John's that, that had um, knitted the socks, and he wrote back from from wherever they, they would never tell where they were because they're not supposed to. Uh, it wrote her back and said to thank the woman uh, about the socks, and she was so happy that she went down to the to the St. John's newspaper 
and uh, the letter was printed in the in the in the newspaper from this Irish soldier. And uh, of course, she died uh, about six months later herself. And we don't know what happened to him. Did he was he killed? But there's, there's such a touching stories about the women folk. And then there's the nurses, the 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 um, Armine Armine Gosling. Is she? Uh, her father was the mayor of St. John's, and and she, uh, her father bought her, bought her the ambulance, and, and she went over. To, she went over. She wanted to be with the with the with the blue patisse, and she went over there. She was a lot of the um, the Newfoundland nurses were out in the front lines with with the, with their soldiers. I think not all of them were out in the front lines, mind you. So I thought that part of the war itself was. It was. I wanted. We wanted that story to be told about the, the women, the knitters, the nurses. We want. And then there was Padre Nango, who was the the chaplain, and he was the every denomination. He was a universal man, and a man who gave his life to to all the families and soldiers, and and. I think they just erected a, um, the Canadian government erected a statue in his honor recently for the, for the for the uh, for the 200th anniversary of the Amistad, the, the signing of the Amistad in, in, in November the 11th, and he uh, Austin was incredible man. Uh, he um, uh, was. Um, he was a priest, obviously. He was in St. Patrick's uh, Church in 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 in, um, in St. John's before he went off to war. And he, after the war, they, he was uh, commissioned. They made him commissioner of the of of, of um, getting the cemeteries and people buried in proper places and all that. He it, it took a toll on him so much that. He left the priesthood and immigrated to Rhodesia at the time. I think Zimbabwe now with Rhodesia, and um, he married and had three kids. And he said later afterwards that the reason he had three kids was to, because of the of the of the all the soldiers that he was that he was <laughs> gave the last rites. Their wives back home, they were just married, uh, and never had kids, and he was doing it for them, you know. So the, all these stories, when you go into them, are very sensitive and very deep and very emotional. Um, so if there was, if, and I mean, I could go on and on about the whole. It was a, it was a three-year project of the different, um, you know, the blue putty walls. You know, if you can imagine, you know, before they go go off to war, you know, they're having a, a night before. With their wives, and and uh, as we all know, the kitchen parties in Newfoundland, <laughs> and they're probably having uh, their relatives and friends, and and uh, here here he is walking with his wife and his little little daughter Mary, and um, th- th- those are the types of stories that are involved in all this. The the, the mascot was given to them by a Canadian um, soldier. In London, the, the, the Newfoundland dog, the um, chief uh, saber, the the, the the mascot, and he was killed by I think a lorry or truck in 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 the front lines, and he's now um, they have him, 
they've got, you know, he's, when you go to the rooms, museum, he's there, they stuffed him and, and he's still there in the museum and people can see him, you know, the, the sable, the, the chief sable, you know. So there was, so it was all about that and, um, you know, probably could have written another 12, 14, 20, 30 songs about all the experiences. But I wanted to give the the people, uh, the, the people, uh, all the different people who have had the, the mothers who, who have lost their sons and, and, um, the, the husband and wife that wrote songs, a lullaby for their kids at home, and he was sent off, he was singing. Uh, these are actual stories. Uh, uh, he was singing, he was an older man, uh, and all the young soldiers, 17, 15, 17, 18 year old soldiers, alongside him in the trenches. He was 27, 28 years old, and he would, uh, he, he became a dad. To those young soldiers, you know, even though he was in the same ranks, uh, same unit, he became a dad to them because they were so young, Austin, you know. And um, they, um, he would sing uh, when they were when they were dying um, in the battlefield. He would sing a song for them that he he and his wife would sing for their kids back home. So stories like that are so so touching, and. Uh, then we came across something that really, as I say, in Canada, is a blew us a bit ourselves. Uh, uh, there was we we, we were, the, the kids that first of July. I know first of July is Canada Day, but I know Newfoundland, Labrador, they celebrate the first half of the day for the Bomb and Hamel uh, Remembrance Day, and um, there was. Um, Letters from the trenches. I think that uh, that story. Uh, there are three three verses and the chorus in that song. The three verses are actual are actual letters. The letters we the rooms didn't have three years ago didn't have their stuff online yet. So we 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 went on the military uh, a chat. Uh, Katie Donkwork she went on the military uh, chat. They talk about. Uh, there's a, there's, you go on the, you go online, this is a chat line for First World War, Second World War, Korean War, Vietnam War. And she asked, was there anybody out there have any letters from the Blue Fatigues, uh, in, 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 in the Battle of, of the Somme? And would you believe it? There were three people that responded. One person in particular, in particular, responded, and it's an incredible story. It's going to come out later on, and when, when we do the launch uh, in, the, in 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 November, uh, what happened was his family, his grandfather and grandmother, were um, they decided in 1920. Uh, 28, 29, which things were bad in America at the time, they decided to 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 go to Canada for their honeymoon, and they had a lorry, one of those whatever those cars they had back in the time. There, they had a flat bed on the back of it, in one of those lorries with this flat, and the roads conditions were bad back in those days. So they went, they decided to. There were some relatives uh, in, in Prince Edward Island and 
and and in Newfoundland they wanted to visit. So they 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 they, they took the ferry to Newfoundland to find out the relatives, and they didn't find they couldn't find any. But they had a great time. But they went to an estate, estate an estate sale, and they they just happened to be there, and they, he found a a desk that they liked. I said, well, let's buy this desk and we'll send it back to Ohio. And they bought the desk, send it back to Ohio. And it was not until 1942 uh, that they, whatever, uh, 12 years later, they decided to, to refurbish it and get it. And they tried to open up the, there was a sliding door on it and they tried to open it up and they couldn't and was stuck. And when they, when they finally got it jar, they they found letters in the back that was that was stopping it from sliding back. And the letters are from the soldier named Hamish or Seamus in Gaelic, um, uh, from the written an, an hour before he went over the top in 1916. Now these letters. Are, are absolutely unbelievable. I mean, it's um, does they uh, he sent he, he, the, the letters they adopted him. The family then adopted. They tried to find out the estate uh, who who the, the desk belonged to. The, the estate people that said people dropped it off here, blah blah blah, and we can't find out who it is. So they adopted Hamish and they made it. They made Hamish their own their own kid, even though that he's, uh, you know, they couldn't find his relatives in Newfoundland. So they made him, he became part of their family and their, sto- their own story, and they they kept it. And when they found out that we were writing about uh, uh, the bomb on Hamill Day and, and, and the First World War, he was delighted, uh, but he didn't want anyone to know um, to... Um, he, he wanted, uh, in other words, he didn't want people to know his name. He just wanted to give, give, give the letter. I think his letters were part of a state when his grandparents died. And it, I guess the, these letters would be worth a lot of money. And he, it was given to him. So he got the opportunity to do this silently, give the letters to us. I have brought the letters back to, to, um, uh, to, uh, Gary Brown, who's, uh, a great, uh, he's written uh, pretty much about boy soldiers and a lot of uh, about the Newfoundland Regiment, and he's got it. And some of the other Professor Manuel, some of the other uh, people are right now trying to figure out who this family is, and we're going to present it to the rooms, I'm sure, in November. But um, but all the words in those songs are from the letter, you know. Um, I. I I, I'm, I'm so feared the ink is smeared. I love you both goodbye. I mean, when you think about that, Austin, <laughs> I'm so feared the ink is smeared. Because when they were told by that captain, if you want to write notes right now before we open top, there's a time to do it. So the, those stories have just, you know, I, 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 I just, you know, I mean, I've, I've written songs about the, the American Revolution and 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 you know the Irish <laughs> and the Irish experience, but this this really got to me. You know, of all the things I've written in my life, Austin, uh, this got to me. And um, 
I just, I, I, I feel, you know, I, I decided to, to, um, we both decided, um, Katie Dawn and myself to, to, uh, uh, give this project totally to the First World, Mu- First World War Museum in St. John to keep, keep, to keep up the history, keep the museum going. So all the CDs that came out, that are going to be coming out, uh, they, all the, all the proceeds, all of it is going to go to them. And, um, that's, 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 that's. So, Danny, D- yeah, Danny, if I can ask you, I noticed that you mentioned Professor Mannion, John Mannion, and what he said uh, was that um, that you successfully have captured the essence of this human tragedy in the twelve beautifully composed and richly evocative songs from the war, and they stand as a memorial not just to the fallen but to mothers, wives, children, sweethearts, families, and friends left behind, and their songs of sacrifice of love and appalling loss. And I know John Mannion is very highly respected. He's a retired professor at Memorial University in Newfoundland. Um, so you mentioned the launch is in November. The launch, we don't have a date yet, but it's probably going to be the, the 8th or 9th of November because there's so much going on at that time. And so we're, uh, Gary Brown, who is the author of the Boy Soldiers, he's the one that's helping with the, with, with the with all the the plans and and make court coordinating with this with with all the other activities that's going on that that particular week and uh, so um I'll be up i Lisa and i were we're 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 going up in October getting ready for that and and then probably Kitty Don Cork will be coming from Wisconsin to be there to to talk to the folks and just like I'm talking to you telling them why we wrote these songs and give them, give them, giving them our experience with each of those stories because they're all different, you know. And and um, so um, it's it, it's it's pretty moving for me. Even talking about it is still uh, um, I'm I'm still moved by all of it. As a, as a matter of fact, um, Austin, the, Gary called me up. They they just unveiled another statue of um, Matthew Brazel. And he's there down in in Barnman Park, and he's um, taking his hat off and holding his daughter. And his home it's called the home homecoming statue. And the homecoming statue is uh, we wrote a song called you know homecoming. And again, it's uh, I you know Padre Nangle when when the ship <clears throat> the Corsican came. In 1919, with a thousand soldiers back from Liverpool to Newfoundland, uh, Padre Nangle was with them, and Padre Nangle says, I want you guys to hold your heads up high. I want you guys to help out anyone that needs help, but I also want you to wear your medals, because you're going to be wearing those medals for the people that that are left behind. And uh, I, 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 the last verse, oh, we have the soldier rest, the great war is over. With families, I'm with my child. Uh, I'll to dream of battlefields no more. I'll dream of friends we're wearing medals for. So when you go into that park and see the homecoming statue, there's more. People will look at it and say, "Ah, oh, that's a lovely statue." But there's more to it. The medals that he's wearing and the hat and you know, the, the war is over and and all these things are part of of of. And I think, to be quite honest with you, 
this album is not something that you're going to put in your CD player, go down the road and have a grand time. No, it's not. It's not meant to be. It's meant to meant to go to high school uh, kids' libraries for people to learn from it. You know, and and I think that's where that's where that this project stands to be to be there for for kids to to listen and to do a page on any of those stories or what are are many many more stories that <clears throat> that haven't been written yet. But at least it's 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 going to be a part of the fabric of of people uh, putting putting a song and a story to each putting a music and story <clears throat> song with with these stories, and maybe it would be easier for people to to relate to uh, to the history books when they hear it in song. You know. Okay, well, Danny, we're, we're we're going to have to wrap up there. I'm afraid it's been fascinating, and I want to set a time at some stage in the future for you and I to talk again because <coughs> I want us to talk about a few other things um, you have another project changes that I'd, I'd like to learn more about and also um, I need to follow up with you about uh, what you're doing on Currucks these days and how that project may have come along um, but that's for another day but let's uh, to give um, the details on this the um, album is available at dannyoflaherty.com. That's D-A-N-N-Y-O-F-L-A-H-E-R-T-Y.com. Um, Danny is out there on Facebook and on Twitter. And uh, you're also, on, I see you, you're offering someone to pin it on Pinterest. Um, I certainly will be, as I say, looking forward to get more details as we get a bit closer. What I'm going to do after we have finished chatting is we're going to play some tracks from the album and uh, allow the listener to try and get a sense of the story that is being told through the music. Um, it's been great chatting with you, Danny. As I say, you and I, we need to chat further. Yes, we will. And, and thank you so much for the opportunity and, and, um, and all the listeners out there. 